Welcome to Falcons Drip, your go-to source for Falcons news and draft coverage. I'm Thon Ray, founder and voice of Falcons Drip. Welcome back, everybody, to Falcons Drip Radio. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Jeff. Today, we're going to look at the questions you guys submitted. We're going to answer them. But before we do, we got some big news happening in the NFC South. Yeah, see you, Sean Payton. The, the Wicked Witch is dead. Can I say that? The Wicked Witch is dead? I don't know that he's dead, but... He, he's he's gone from New Orleans, you know. It wouldn't surprise me if he showed up somewhere else in a few. Uh, like That's all that matters. Well, I mean, it could be Carolina. They could fire a rule. <laughs> you know. It's just funny how it happened. Like, he took that team, rode them completely into the dirt. Um, they're, I believe, 64 or something ridiculous like that over the cap. And they have no quarterback. He convinced everybody, the world. He told the world that Taysom Hill was the guy. Taysom Hill clearly isn't the guy. Drew Brees retires. They don't make the playoffs. They're, again, in cap hell. And then he just says, all right, yeah, see ya. Hey. And by the way, he also said he's not done coaching. He's just done for now. Right. And he just doesn't want to be part of a rebuild, which nobody does. So he's gone. It's good for us. The, the other thing going on that we should talk about is now that's official lee smith is hanging up the cleats and as a falcons follower all i can do is thank lee smith for just all he's done for this team he was a great role model he was a great person and he was well well worth a seventh round pick just for the attitude and the culture he brought to this atlanta falcons team and there's players who are going to continue his legacy well, and the the mentorship for Kyle Pitts has to be has to be big too. I mean, it's always good to have a a good veteran for a young rookie, and that's what he was, and that's huge. So, with that being said, let's jump right into your questions. Now, my man Tyrone Stafford, he has a bunch of questions for us. So we're going to start with those, and then we'll jump into everybody else's. His first question is, thoughts on if we do, in fact, trade Ridley, whom do we think it would be for? Would it be for a first, a second, or a third-round pick? Well, I'd love to see it be a first and, and a little bit more, but that's probably unlikely at this point. You know, I think more realistically it might be a second and maybe a, a player or something else thrown on, but I think it's unlikely to get a first right now. I think it's going to be a bidder's market, and, and that's kind of what it, it seems like. Like, I don't think we're going to treat it the same way we treated the Julio Jones trade, where it was like, okay, like, Julio wants out. He's done so much for this organization. Let's send him where he wants to go. So it might not be a first right now for Ridley, basically, is what I'm saying. But it could, by the time the draft rolls around, it could work itself up to one. Or I've also seen a couple things where it's because of Ridley taking the whole, not the whole year off, because Ridley taking some a lot of this year off, it could be a conditional pick where Ridley has to play an X amount of games and it's a first rounder. And if not, it's a second rounder. I've seen that being tossed around. I think that would make the most sense. But I think by the time this is over, I think a lot of teams have expressed interest in Ridley and I think it would end up being a bidding war. So I would not be surprised if we ended up with a late first, early second round pick for him. And as far as who the dolphins have seemed like they've been interested, they've got cap space. 
The Eagles have expressed interest in adding another wide receiver. The Jets said that they are talking about trading some of their picks away because they've got a bunch of them early on and they have the money. So those are just a couple teams that we definitely could see them in play for Calvin Ridley next year, this upcoming offseason. And I think, too, it's really there's a couple other teams, but mainly teams with a young quarterback that they're trying to solidify as a as a good starter in the NFL are the teams that would like his help. So a couple other teams that might be interested too would be like the Chargers because they're losing Mike Williams. They might want to make sure Justin Herbert still has a good guy opposite Keenan Allen. And the Patriots might be an interesting option. They've done a lot Mm -hmm. to kind of bolster their offense, but they could really use a playmaker like him. And if we were to trade him up there, maybe we get like a project player like Enkil Harry back, which I know isn't super enticing, but... We don't really have a wide receiver room right now, so that could be something for us. Like he, maybe he would work out in a different mm-hmm. offense or something. So I mean that would that would definitely be fun. And we, just as far as young quarterbacks go, Zach Wilson, Jets. I mean, there's a lot of things that make sense. So the next question from Tyrone is Julio's performance this year with the Titans, and, I, and I'm just assuming he wants to know what we think about it. And I think you know he was injured for most of the season, so I think we really made out like bandits getting that second round pick for him. Uh, unfortunately, Mike Vrabel willed and coached this team into the number one seed, which they clearly didn't deserve <laughs> getting just absolutely embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> In all seriousness though, like it was a steal for us. Julio barely played. He didn't make much of an impact this year with the Titans. I'm not rooting for him to do poorly. I, I hope Julio does very well for the rest of his career. It's unfortunately such a high second round pick, but it's it's better than what we would have gotten if he stayed on the team this year. Certainly, I mean, just him being injured for most of the year, it, it's a it's a coup in that sense that we get to get value out of it. Whereas if he'd stayed, we wouldn't have gotten a ton of value. So, like you said, it, it's a it's a win for us. Yep, save cap space. We're gonna see what young player we get in the draft. Definitely a win. The next one from Tyrone is. Who do you want as the cornerback across from AJ Terrell next year? And I just have to say, I would love to see it be Derek Stingley. Like, I just think that that would be an awesome, awesome pickup. Obviously, all sorts of crazy things, and I could change my mind. You know, if we were to trade back in the first round, like Sauce Gardner would be an awesome pickup there. Um, there's just so many different. There's just so many different options. But I would, if if I had to pick one person right now, I would love for it to be Stingley. That's real. I mean, that that we actually could get right, like. Jalen Ramsey would be really nice, but we probably won't be getting him anytime soon. Right, and I completely agree with with Stingley and Gardner. And then I just want to throw one other person in if we can get him cheap. It's Fabian Moreau for me. If we get him for another million-dollar contract, he was fine across from A.J. Terrell, and it would be his second year in the defense, and I would think he would play better. And if we get a pass brush, he's definitely going to play better. He had to cover for a lot or for a long time out there. And so he looked bad sometimes. I I would be perfectly fine with him coming back on a cheap deal if that's what they can get. So I would really like him more as a rotational corner. Um, I think he's limited as a cornerback, and I think really to unlock and open up Dean Pease's offense, to unlock offense, open up Dean Pease's defense, I think we need another cornerback that, like AJ that can just kind of do it all. Um, I think that would really open up his blitzing and his schemes and allow us to do a whole lot more. 
but I do like Fabian. And if we are in a pinch, I'm, I, if we bring him back, I'm going to be happy. Like for what we paid him, he did a good job this year for us. So Tyrone did have a couple other questions, but we're going to get to some of, of the other questions. And if we have time, we'll jump back to those. So the next question is from Peter Moss or sorry, Pete Moss, one, four, eight. How about David Ajabo versus Karlaftis? Well, I think they're two different types of rushers, so it's kind of what we prefer. Also, who's available, because one of them might go before we even have an opportunity. Or, or both, really. Yeah. I mean, I, by, the end of this, by the end of the combine, you never know who's going to go up and go down. I would not be shocked if we're talking about both these guys getting picked higher than eight, possibly. Yeah, so uh, it's kind of just what do we think fits better. I think... Ojabo would be a really fun pick for our defense just to have an explosive guy off the edge. But, you know, I, I don't know that either one is a terrible pick. Yeah, and, and I think you can't go wrong. I, I really like both of these guys. Both have a ton of potential um, in different ways. You know, Ojabo is explosive. He's like lightning in a bottle. Just great burst off the line, long arms. Definitely that outside edge rusher that you want. And I also think he can play outside linebacker. I think he can drop into coverage. Just a freak athlete. I mean, he's played he's played football for not not that long. I mean, he started when he was 17, and he's already made just huge impact for Michigan. And he, I, I think we, he's really, really, really just scratching the surface of what he can become as a player. Now, similarly, Karlaftis is also you know huge potential, but he's more of like a power guy, right? Strong hands, big, but he's a great athlete for his size and he can play outside linebacker. And he's shown that both by putting his hand in the dirt and rushing from a two point stance. I would say the biggest differences are is like Karloftis is someone who can, you know, he can use power and he can translate his speed to power where we haven't seen that as much with a Jabo. And both of them have a lot of different techniques and things they can work on. So both of these guys, we could see, I'd be I'd be thrilled with either one of them, but I would say Ojabo is more of lightning in a bottle, where Karloftis is more of like a power rusher, a, a power rusher who can also at times like if if we wanted to, like let's just say we got two other pass rushers who are great, we could bump him inside and rush from the inside too, because that's just the kind of body type he has. A little more versatile than Ojabo in that in that sense, yeah. whereas Ojabo could drop in coverage, he can just shift along the D line, kind of. Yeah. Yep. So the next next question, designs by Jamin asked, the best plan for fixing the pass rush. Well, this is this is a tough one, and with the amount of cap space that we have, which is not much, it kind of comes down to hitting in the draft. And honestly, they have to get one or two guys in the draft with where we're at that can make an impact. Absolutely, and and the biggest problem with that though is like. It's very, very rare that you see an edge rusher or any interior defensive lineman, pass rushers, right? It's very rare you see them year one really have 10 plus sacks. Oh, definitely. You're playing, if if you're drafting guys, you're playing the long game, which we need. We, We need to draft guys. I mean, it's like you said, the cap space we have is so limited and edge rushers always go for more than what they should in free agency. Right. So we're, we're not, I shouldn't say we're not, because maybe we'll pick up a, a gem or something for, mm-hmm. for a low amount of money, but it's extremely hard to do that for pass rusher. Yep. So 
it, it really just to me comes down to the draft. And even if we got a guy that got six or seven sacks, that would be better than most of the everybody Absolutely. we had anyways. So It would have been our sack leader this year. Right. So we don't even need 10. We need six. Like <laughs> we, need, yeah. we need improvement is what we need. So picking a guy up in the draft is, is basically the, the best option. I mean, I, I really think the best thing we can do is pick up a couple guys, two guys in the draft. Now we've got two developmental edge rushers who hopefully maybe – like you said, good enough athletes, they can get six, seven sacks this year each. And then I think it's going to also be very important that we get guys who can provide pressure from the middle and free agency. So maybe draft, like signing a guy like BJ Hill, the defensive tackle from Cincinnati, who he does a decent job of pushing the pocket people who can help Grady Jarrett. And also to getting a better man corner, someone who can be decent as a number two guy on an island um, and we can get after it with our explosive athletic linebackers so i think that that would probably be our best bet basically we need help in a few areas (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) the fix (laughs) best way for plan for fixing the pass rush upgrade every position on the defensive line except for grady jarrett yeah and cornerback as well (laughs) yep Next question from King Artis. Do we keep Mayfield at guard or kick him back out to right tackle? I think we keep him. I think he had a really rough first year, but, you know, it's he's going to have a full offseason at guard and hopefully he gets better. We kind of committed to him there when we drafted him, and we don't have a, a good replacement, and we can't really afford a ton of replacements. As we were talking about, we have a lot of needs. I think you run it back and hopefully he gets a lot better and more comfortable. Yeah. And it's too early to give up on him coming in linemen offensively, defensively. It's very hard for them to come in and be great right away. There's a lot of adjusting, especially when you go from right tackle to guard. And especially when you go right tackle all of the off season. And then all of a sudden a week before the first game starts, you get bumped inside. And, you know, like I've said before, switching from right to left is also difficult. So I, I say we keep him at guard, let him play there, let him develop, let him learn that spot, and hopefully he grows, becomes a viable guard who also has the ability to bump out at tackle in a pinch. Our next question from WFLO, WFLO, 36184. With our cap being so low, who do you think we trade or cut certain players away to make more cap space, and who do you think those players should be? Also, if we trade them away, what do you think we could get for them realistically? Well, we mentioned Ridley as being a, a potential trade guy earlier and kind of talked about what we could get for him. So that that's one. Deion Jones is another obvious candidate with how much we're paying him and how tight we are with the cap. Returns on him are going to be tough because everyone knows we're going to be sellers on that. It helps us out a lot if he gets traded in, in terms of our financial flexibility. So I would guess we're going to get a lot less for him. It'll be somebody taking a flyer who has some room. I would say Max is like a third-round pick for Debo. I mean, and I think he is somebody who we will look to trade. I mean, I think we save $9 million this year. Yeah, we, so we save. I think he is somebody we will look to trade just because we would save $9.3 million if we traded him this year. 
and we would save $12.5 million if we traded him after June 1st for this season. And I think that's money that we can use to keep Foyer, and Michael Walker has played great. I mean, he's played awesome every single time he's been on the field. He's ready to take that next step. And, you know, Devo, this was probably his worst season that he's had in Atlanta. I think that possibly if we saw like Dan Quinn, he just said he was going to stay as the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. But if we saw him go to a different team, maybe he would make a push to try and sign Debo because we saw how successful he was in that sort of scheme. So I, I think we would be lucky to get a third round pick for him at this point because of, like you said, it, teams are going to know we're going to be selling. There's not going to be that many teams that are going to be interested. Yeah. He just has a, has a big cap hit for his production last year. So a team would really have to think that they would get a lot more out of him for the amount of money they're going to spend on him. I would like to trade him. I know it's, you know, I know it's three more million that we would lose, but I would like to trade him before free agency starts and just take that money and sign Foyer and let's just lock and load and, and keep Foyer around for the long haul because Foyer has been projected to sign about an $8 million a year deal. So if we traded Devo, we could sign Foyer and have a little bit of extra cap space. With Ridley, I don't know if we mentioned this, if we traded him, it would save us $11 million for next season. Yeah, that would be... That would be huge if, I mean, them combined get $20 million in, in cap space would give us a lot more flexibility. And to add some draft picks on top of it, that would be big because we'd be getting rid of guys who weren't even really productive necessarily for us last year and getting cap space and draft picks. So it wouldn't be a huge, huge loss for us in that sense. And also, too, pointing out for Debo, like, it would also save us thirteen million dollars in uh, twenty twenty three, so that's a that's no no chump change. As far as players, like just talking about players we could cut, the first three that come to mind, and this is kind of hurts to say because I really like these players and and I think they do good things. But Mike Davis, Tyler Davidson, who is a Falcons drip follower, so it really hurts to say that. And then uh, Kendall Sheffield are all three guys that we could see get cut and save a, a decent amount of money. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about those three guys, Mike Davis and Tyler Davison definitely got playing time for us last year. Kendall Sheffield really didn't do much besides mm. some special teams. He seems like an obvious cut right now. Tyler Davison cutting him would save us $3.8 million. Mike Davis would save us $2.5 million. And... Sheffield would save us $2.5 million. So it's, I mean, those three guys together are, are close to $9 million that we would save just from cutting those three. And I, I think they're all guys that could contribute. And under different circumstances, I would say we should keep them. You know, Kendall Sheffield's been hurt, but he's shown flashes of potential and he's been talked about. But it's been three years of us talking about what he could possibly become. So it's time for, you know, we need that 2.5 million. We're right currently we're 5.5.6 million over the cap. So we need to make money to sign guys and bring guys back. We need money to just be more flexible. So our next question is from work underscore tease T E E Z is trading back to acquire more picks, the best option for the Falcons. And I think this is a very, very loaded question. Yes. And no, right? Like if a guy like Derek Stingley, Kyle Hamilton, Heck, if, you know, Evan Neal, one of those 
top five possible players falls into our laps. If we have a play, an absolute sure thing playmaker fall into our laps, then we don't want to trade back. And I don't think we want to trade back to the back of the first round either. You know, like in that sense too. You know, if we were able to get some value out of trading back a few picks, there's there's a good middle part of this draft still. So we can still get a couple guys. We've talked about a couple like last week and stuff too. You mentioned trading back in, in mm-hmm. our other podcast. If we go back three, four picks and get value out of that, that's fantastic. But we don't want to drop out of the first half of the round because we need playmakers. We don't need necessarily depth. We need guys that are going to come in and contribute. I think the best thing that can happen for us as far as trading back is, is let's say all those top guys go and there's a nut there. The next round of good players are all right there, right? There's, you know, you got your sauce gardener, you got Traylon Burks, you got Ajabo. If all the, Ajabo could go sooner, but if all of those guys are available, the best thing that could happen for us is Denver doesn't get Aaron Rodgers, and teams are trying to jump Denver um, in order to get one of the quarterbacks. If that happens, we can go back to maybe the Browns, the Vikings, somewhere in there, and that's only a couple spots. And one of those good players, like I mentioned, Burks, Ajabo, Sauce Gardner, Andrew Booth, uh, Cross, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State. Like if we could get one of those guys and trade back, that would be awesome. And, and it depends on how much people are willing to trade back for, right? Do we want to risk losing a guy for a fourth round pick? No. And, and I said we don't want to. Tra- and we've said we don't want to trade too far back into like the late first. If teams are willing to give up. And this is obviously an exaggeration for first round picks. Then yeah, let's, let's just jump on it, yeah. but it's just not realistic. So it's, it's a loaded question that there's so much that we need to know before we can say yes or no, right? What's available, what's being offered to us, who are we missing out on by doing so? The next question is from Henning underscore Bick, Bick knees drafting a cornerback, your opinion on it. I don't get it because we have AJ, but it's popular. Uh, I think you kind of touched on that earlier. Is you, for def- Dean Pease's defense, you really want to see another strong man coverage guy opposite AJ. Mm-hmm. And like like you said, Fabian Moreau isn't really that guy. So we need to find somebody for that. And if we can get like a Stingley, like then yeah, that makes sense because you get another top tier playmaker and having two stud cornerbacks is terrifying for opposing quarterbacks. But mm. if he's not available, I I personally prefer pass rush. I would agree. I would also prefer pass rush offensive line. Uh, maybe if Kyle Hamilton's there for some reason, I would prefer one of those guys. Or if you really want that cornerback, we talked about it, trading back, picking up one of the second-tier corners and um, Sauce Gardner, Andrew Booth, or, or taking with our second-round pick, Kier Elam, I'm not sure why he's falling. It's just one of those things where if you don't hear about a guy a lot and he's not doing a whole lot, they just tend to slip down draft boards. But if Kier Elam, who I love, and he's got the NFL pedigree, if we could get him in the early second round, I mean, that would be fantastic. So, yeah, at eight, it just depends on the value. Who's there? What's available? Again, kind of some of these questions can go, just go in so many different directions just depending on what happens. Next question from JX Nathan, two ends and an underscore after that. What's a realistic signing we could possibly make to help one of our needs? Well, I think in terms of offensive playmakers, bringing Corderell back 
<laughs> this is <laughs> the cop out answer. But you know, if if we end up cutting somebody like Mike Davis and maybe we can't afford Cordero, we would be really in trouble at running back, considering. So a guy who was actually on our roster for a minute last year and may be affordable, even though he was pretty successful this year with his new team, was Deontay Foreman. And he was pretty successful in Tennessee as the starter in Derrick Henry's absence. They might re-sign him or something. But he might be an affordable option at running back who played in an offense similar to ours. So I know he was on our team briefly in August, and we cut him. But he was pretty successful somewhere else. Yeah, I think he he could be a great addition, especially just we don't know what the running back position is going to look like. Somebody who I like, right, that we possibly could get on the cheaper end of things and is a need. It's it's like a sneaky need, especially for especially for Arthur Smith's offense. We're losing a handful of our tight ends this year. I mean, I don't think we can re-sign Hayden Hurst. But a guy like Max Williams out of Arizona, I think, could be a great, great pickup for us. He's shown that he can, you know, he's a great run blocker. He's got good hands. He's a very short, short area. He's got short area quickness, and he can, you know, make tough catches close to the line of scrimmage. I think he would complement Kyle Pitts really, really well. His only flaw is his durability, and he just seems to always be getting hurt. So maybe he's somebody that we could sign on on a pretty cheap deal and and hope that he stays healthy. It's a position we may need to to look at, especially with the type of offense we run. So he's not he's not a bad option, honestly. He's somebody I just thought of too. I don't know what he would cost, but to come in and be a number two tight end because of that, like I said, that injury. Uh, the injury history, maybe we could get him on a, on a good deal. Tight end two isn't a huge need for us. So, uh, One guy who might be an interesting pickup would be a Jamison Crowder. If he's, mm. He might be available, and he has been productive for the Jets out of the slot. And I know it doesn't really fit our needs of having an outside wide receiver, which is kind of where we struggle. But he may be available for an affordable amount of money, uh, you know, four or five million. And if we can get a proven wide receiver for four or five million, that'll it'll be a big help, even if it's not exactly where we need it. We need to if we're going to bring back Matt Ryan and try and have another good year, make the playoffs or something, we need to have weapons for him. I think, too, like another very important position to address in free agency because we got to think about it this way, like with the limited cap we have, we have to address, we have to pick up guys that aren't going to cost a lot. And Crowder being just a slot receiver, he probably won't command that high of a contract. Right. And that's, that's why he's kind of our option as a better wide receiver that is going to be affordable. The outside guys really make the money. Yeah, absolutely. I also think for whatever reason, he's very, very overlooked. So, I mean, another guy just, one last guy too is a uh, like Linvel Joseph. He's a nose tackle. He's been pretty good. He's older, kind of declining, run stuffing defensive lineman. Like we just need some help on the, in the interior D line, especially if we get rid of Tyler Davidson. You know, save that three point eight million. He's a guy we could probably bring on for a pretty cheap contract later on when he doesn't really have any suitors or anything like that. All right, jumping on to the next question, Drew Elliott, Drew underscore Elliott nine wants to know. What do you think the plan will be for Debo next season? The plan is to ship him out, I believe. But 
if he's back, I think it's same thing. Just get him more comfortable. And I, I have to think he's going to have a better year if he's back. I just have to think he'll be more comfortable and he'll he'll make more plays. And if he gets some more help on the defense, everything will go better. Absolutely. I mean, you got to remember our linebackers aren't protected that well um, because of how weak our defensive line was. So we need to help him out a little bit. And I agree. I, it's kind of tough when you're talking about selling. And I just said, we're going to trade him earlier on this podcast. It's so tough to talk about selling a guy at his low. I really think this was Debo's worst year. And I think this would be the lowest we could possibly sell him at and his lowest value. Like I think he will bounce back, whether it be in our defense or in the defense somewhere else. It's just tough when Foyer and Walker played so well and he played so poorly that, and, and we need the money. So I, I would be shocked if he was on the team next year, which is so disappointing because he's one of my favorite players. Next question from bomb underscore Lusk. Do you think we'll see Ridley back on the field ever? Hard to know if we'll we'll see him in, in a Falcons uniform. I would think he's going to be back on the field. It just might be for somebody else. I mean, it's, it's hard to know what's going on in his mind, though. We haven't gotten too much information about what he's, his thought process is on that exact question. And... So it's kind of just really tough to know exactly, but it, it would seem like he would want to be somewhere else or something like that for him to take this much time off. And I don't like to jump to conclusions and I don't like to, you know, I'm just going to bring, I'm going to point this out and I don't know if it means anything. I don't like to think it does. Somebody posted a picture of him recently in a Miami Dolphins uniform and he liked it on Instagram, I think. And it blew up. Like he liked it. He wants out. I'm not taking it as that he's from Miami he probably grew up a Miami fan. He probably just liked the work. I, I shouldn't say probably. He could have just liked the work and just liked it. That doesn't mean he wants out. It doesn't mean he wants to be in Miami. It doesn't mean he wants to play with Tua. Could it mean that? Absolutely. But we don't know, and I'm not the kind of person that's just going to jump right on that ship. Like, let's just see what happens. And just because he liked it doesn't mean we're trading to Miami. It doesn't mean right now he's under contract. Miami's got to put an offer in, and then we have to approve. So, guys, with that, we... Falcons Rip Radio is coming to an end for the season. Jeff and I are going to regroup, figure out what we want to do, if we want to keep doing this. To everybody who was listening in, thank you guys. We appreciate the support. Keep following us on Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, Keep up with the comments. Keep up with the likes. Keep up with the shares. Shout out to you guys. Without you, there wouldn't be a Falcons Drip. There wouldn't be a Falcons Drip Radio. I hope you guys like the answers to these questions, and hopefully we talk to you soon. Again, this is Thon Ray. You guys can follow us at Falcons underscore drip on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please make sure you subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do to get the alert for our next episode. If you guys enjoyed today, please leave us a review. It always helps us grow. Until then, see you next time. Rise up. Shh.